ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل ومن يدلل فلا هادي لا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاتل ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة خلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا نظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هج محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار This is the last class of the conference in which we are covering the works of the noble Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab rahimahullah ta'ala dealing with the obligation of the servant when Allah commands him with a commandment. And the author, he mentions seven levels that the servant must observe when Allah commands him with a commandment. As he stated, Rahimahullah, إِذَا أَمْرَ اللَّهُ الْعَبْدَ بِأَمْرٍ وَجَبَ عَلَيْهِ فِيهِ سَبْرُ مَرَاتِبٍ الأولى العلم به الثانية محبته الثالثة العزم على الفعل الرابعة العمل الخامسة قونه يقع على المشروع خالصا سوابا السادسة التحذير من فعل ما يحبطه السابعة الثبات عليه The author, may Allah have mercy upon him He stated 
when Allah commands the servant with a command, it is obligatory upon the servant to observe seven levels regarding the command. The first is knowledge of the command. The second is love of the command. The third is having the firm resolve to carry out the command. The fourth is carrying out the command. The fifth, the command must take place in a manner or carrying out the command must take place in a manner that is legislated sincerely and correctly. The six, taking caution from not or from doing anything that will nullify the person's carrying out of the command. And the seventh is being firm upon carrying out the command. We arrive to Al-Martabatul Rabi'ah Al-Amal The fourth level Which is carrying out the command The author Rahimahullah Ta'ala He stated Al-Martabatul Rabi'ah Al-Amal Wa kathirun min al-nas Iza azama au amila Wa tabayyana alayhi Man yu'adhimahu من يعذمه من يعذمه من شيوخ أو غيرهم فرق العمل The author he mentions the fourth level is carrying out the command and many from amongst the people you find a person he has the firm resolve to carry out the command or he actually goes about and carries out the command. And then those whom he holds in high esteem from the shuyukh or other than them become aware of him carrying out this commandment he abandons it as a result of the fear of those who he hold in high esteem taking a position against him. So he leaves it off. When Allah commands us, when Allah commands us with a command, we must know what it is, we must love it, have the firm resolve to carry it out and then carry it out and remain consistent upon carrying it out performing it at its proper time performing it in the proper manner and not being an individual who delays doing the good I'll get to it or as they say in the Arabic language I'm going to do it a person constantly puts off doing good until he looks up and there is the angel of death. The Prophet Allah he mentioned, وَالسَّارِعُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّنْ رَبِّكُمْ 
and hasten to a forgiveness from your Lord. So here Allah commands that we should hasten towards a matter of good, which is seeking the forgiveness of Allah. Not being one who procrastinates, constantly putting off the affair of doing good. Allah Azawajal, He mentions, فَفِرُّوا إِلَى اللَّهِ Flee to Allah. Hasten to Allah. One must not allow laziness, procrastination to be an obstacle between him and doing good. The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned, بَادِرُوا بِالْأَعْمَالِ فِتَنًا قَكِتِعِ اللَّيْلِ الْمُظْلِمِ يُصْبِحُوا فِيهَا رَجُلٌ يُصْبِحُوا فِيهَا الرَّجُلْ مُؤْمِنًا وَيُمْسِي كَافِرًا وَيُمْسِي مُؤْمِنًا وَيُصْبِحُوا كَافِرًا يَبِعْ دِينَهُ بِعَرَضٍ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا وَكَمَا قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ The Prophet ﷺ, he said, hasten to do good deeds. Because there will come a time where there will be trials and tribulations similar to the dark portion of the night. And during these trials and tribulations, you'll find that the person, he wakes up in the morning as a believer. But then when he goes to bed at night, he goes to bed as a disbeliever. And then you find the person going to bed at night as a believer, but then when he wakes up in the morning, he's a disbeliever. He sells his religion for a small, miserable price of this dunya, of the life of this world. So here the Prophet ﷺ commands that we hasten in doing that which is good. Because there's going to come a time when there are many trials and tribulations that's going to afflict the people. And normally, during the times of trials and tribulations, people are in a state of confusion. The fears are not settled. There's no stability. So when people are in this state, it's a distraction from them doing good. It's a distraction. So now, if these individuals were not people who are accustomed to doing good prior, they surely will not be individuals who are going to be doing good when it really counts and it is needed. So what happens during these times of trials and tribulations? People sell their religion for a small price of this world, a miserable price. They give up their religion. So the Prophet ﷺ is commanding us to hasten to do good before these times come. So that when these times do come, we are accustomed to doing good. So we'll just go on business as usual, doing good, praying, fasting, making pains a cat, making hot, and other than that, from the acts of goodness.
Remember, we have been created for the worship of Allah Azza wa Jal. As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, وَمَا خَلَقَتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And I have not created the jinn nor the mankind except to worship me. This is the purpose of creation. The ibadah of Allah Azza wa Jal. Don't waste your life doing other than that which you have been created for. Don't waste your life doing other than that which you have been created for. We have been created to worship Allah. That should, that should be the main focus of our lives. Worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, we have other activities we do. But never should these other worldly activities or the lawful things from the worldly affairs be made priority in our lives over the purpose of our creation. There is an ignorance that is known as Jahl al-Amal. The ignorance of actions. This ignorance is of two types. Jahl al-Ilm and Jahl al-Amal. You have the ignorance of the knowledge and then you have the ignorance of actions. The ignorance of knowledge is that a person doesn't know or jahlun basit slight ignorance person doesn't know and then you have jahl murakkib you have compound ignorance and that's the worst of the two and compound ignorance is that a person doesn't know but he thinks he knows but he doesn't know that he doesn't know. <laughs> so it's ignorance on top of ignorance. A person he doesn't know. Right. But he thinks he knows. Right. And he doesn't know that he doesn't know. So his ignorance is compounded. One on top of his layers. It's not just slight ignorance. A person he doesn't know. And he knows he doesn't know. So you ask him, he says, I don't know. Allah knows best. He has ignorance, but it's slight. Because at least the individual knows he don't know. The one who has compound ignorance, he doesn't know. But if you ask him, he gives an answer as if he knows. But he doesn't know that he truly doesn't know. And Musa alayhi salam, when he commanded Bani Israel with that which Allah commanded him to command them with of slaughtering the cow and he kept asking these questions so as not to carry out the command the statement of Musa was أعوذ بالله أن أكون من الجاهلين I seek refuge with Allah that I be from amongst the ignorant Ignorance here is in relation to not carrying out the commandment of Allah after knowing better. 
When you know what Allah has commanded you to do and you don't do it, that's ignorance. Not ignorance of knowledge, but the ignorance of actions. Your behavior is ignorant behavior. Because here it is, Allah has created you to worship Him, and you know His command, and still you don't carry it out. That is a matter of ignorance, but the ignorance of action. Al-Fudayl ibn Iyad rahimahullah ta'ala he stated لا يزال العالم جاهلا بما علم He said the one who has knowledge will not cease to be ignorant حتى يعمل به فَإِذَا عَمِلَ بِهِ كَانَ عَالِمًا That the one who has knowledge will not cease to be ignorant of that which he knows until he carries it out, until he implements it. When he implements his knowledge, then he will be considered one who truly is knowledgeable. So being a person who is knowledgeable is not just that a person has memorized something, or he, he carries some knowledge, but truly being knowledgeable is that the person carries out that which he knows. And that's when the knowledge is of true benefit. That the person who has knowledge will not cease to be ignorant of that which he knows, until he acts in accordance to that which he knows. And when he acts in accordance to that which he knows, then he is truly knowledgeable. Now. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he stated, Inna nas qad ahsanu al-qawl kulluhum فَمَنْ وَافَقَ قَوْلُهُ فِعْلَهُ فَذَلِكَ الَّذِي أَصَابَ حَظَّهُ وَمَنْ خَالَفَ قَوْلُهُ عَمَلَهُ فَإِنَّمَا يُوَبِّخُ نَفْسَهُ Abdullah bin Mas'ud, he stated, Indeed, all of the people have good speech. But whoever his speech agrees with his action, then that is the one who has attained a good portion. But whoever's speech opposes his actions, then this individual should be one who reprimands himself. Our speech and action should be the same. It shouldn't be we have good talk, bad actions. Our speech should be good, and our actions should also be good. So it's important that we strive to carry out the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not hesitate.
and not be concerned about what are the people going to say? How are the people going to react? As long as you are upon the truth, this is the concern, pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Unfortunately, many people are in the business of being more concerned with pleasing the people more than pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When the affair should be that a person is striving to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not worry about pleasing the people. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he mentioned and his narration is on the authority of Aisha radiallahu anha. Man al-tamasa rida Allah bi sakhatin nas radiallahu anhu wa arda al-nas anhu wa man al-tamasa rida al-nas bi sakhatin la سَخَطَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَأَسْخَطَ عَلَيْهِ النَّاسِ Whoever searches for the pleasure of Allah or pleasing Allah by angering the people, then Allah will be pleased with him and then Allah will make the people be pleased with him. But whoever seeks to please the people by angering Allah, then Allah becomes angry with him and then he will make the people become angry with him. Another narration or wording من التمس رضاء الله بسخط الناس كفاه الله مؤنة الناس ومن التمس رضاء الناس بسخط الله وكله الله إلى الناس The other wording whoever seeks to please Allah by angering the people then Allah will suffice him from being in need of the people but whoever seeks to please the people by angering Allah, then Allah will entrust this person to the people. So the concern should be to please Allah when carrying out the commandment and not worry about the people. For worrying about how the people will react to you holding on to the truth can cause you to abandon the truth. Like in the case of Heraclius. When the letter of the Prophet ﷺ reached Heraclius and he questioned Abu Sufyan about the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Sufyan answered him, Heraclius he knew within himself that the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ was truly the Prophet and Messenger that was foretold to come. So Heraclius, he went to his people and he said, Ya ma'ashar al-rum Hal lakum fil falah wa rushd wa an yahbud mulukum fatabi'u hadha al-nabi He said, O Romans, do you want success and guidance 
and that your dominion and your kingdom stay intact, follow this prophet. Once he said this to the people, there was a big outcry. And the people began to run away from him. But Heraclius had commanded that the doors be locked. So when he seen the reaction of the people, and that the people were not going to remain with him in following the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he commanded that they be returned back to him. And he said, إِنِّي قُلْتُ مُقَالَتِي آنِفًا أَخْتَبِرُ بِهَا شِدَّتَكُمْ عَلَى دِينِكُمْ فَقَدْ رَعَيْتُ فَسَجَدُوا لَهُ وَرَضُوا عَنْهُ فَكَانَ ذَلِكَ آخِرْ شَأْنِ حِرَقْلَ He said, Indeed, I said what I just said to test your severity or your seriousness upon your religion. And I have seen that you are serious in holding on to your religion. He really wanted them to follow the Prophet And he wanted to follow the Prophet because he knew there was love he had the intent to do it, and he was about to do it, but once he seen how the people reacted, he abandoned following the Prophet Because he knew. He knew the Prophet was truly the Prophet. But because of the fear of losing his position and status and his following, he abandoned the truth. How many times people are tested with this affair? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested people with losing their following if they hold on to the truth. It's a test. If the people were to just adhere to what Allah has legislated for them to adhere to, Allah will give them better than what they lose. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, مَنْ تَرَقَ شَيْئًا لِلَّهِ عَوَّضَهُ اللَّهُ خَيْرًا مِنْ That whoever leaves something for the sake of Allah, Allah will replace it with that which is better. Whoever leaves something for the sake of Allah, Allah will replace it with that which is better. Don't worry about losing status, Losing your following, speak the truth, follow the truth, adhere to the truth. For the people who one is concerned with pleasing and staying on good terms with, on the day of judgment, these same people will flee from you. As Allah mentioned, Yawma yafirrul maru min akhi wa ummihi wa abi. وَصَاحِبَتِهِ وَبَنِيهِ لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ مِّنْهُمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ شَأْنُ يُغْنِيهِ On the day when the person will flee from his brother, and he will flee from his mother and his father, and he will flee from his spouse and he will flee from his child, everyone on that day will be busy and concerned with their own affair. So here it is, you know the truth, but you're so bent on pleasing the people and staying in good with the bros and being down with the bros and being a part of the clique 
these same individuals you're trying to please and be down with and don't want to fall out of good grace with, it will be the same ones to run away from you on the day of judgment. Don't concern yourself for pleasing the people, but then at the same time you're angering Allah. Rather concern yourself for pleasing Allah, even if the people become angry with you. And as Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَإِن تُطِعْ أَكْثَرَ مَنْ فِي الْأَرْضِ يُدِلُّوكَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And if you were to obey the majority of the people in the earth, they will lead you astray from the path of Allah. Surah An'am verse 116. So don't worry about following the majority of the crowd, because in many cases, we find that Allah Azza wa Jal has blamed the many. قال المؤلف رحمه الله تعالى المرتبة الخامسة أنعام قال المؤلف رحمه الله تعالى المرتبة الخامسة أن كثيرا من ممن عمل لا يقع عمله خالصا فإن وقع خالصا لم يقع صوابا. The fifth level. Many from amongst those who carry out the act or the command, it does not take place, or his action or carrying out of the command does not take place in a manner that is sincere. And if it does take place in a manner that is, that is sincere, it doesn't take place in a manner that is correct. This fifth level mentioned by the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, that the carrying out of the commandment takes place in a manner that is legislated, Sincerely and correctly, this stage here is connected to the two conditions that are needed in order for your actions to be accepted by Allah. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions at the end of Surah Al-Kahf, فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّي فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا Therefore, whoever hopes with the meeting with his Lord, let him do righteous actions. And let him not associate anyone in the worship of his Lord. Al-Hafidh ibn Kathir, rahimahullah ta'ala, in his tafsir of the last verse of Surah Al-Kahfs, he mentions that here you have the two pillars for the acceptance of actions. The two pillars for the acceptance of actions. Al-ikhlas wal-mutaba'ah. Sincerity is one pillar that you need in order for your actions to be accepted by Allah. And secondly, al-mutaba'ah. The following of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah azza wa jalla he mentions, "Wa man yuslim 
وَجَهَهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَهُوَ مُحْسَنْ فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُفْقَى وَإِلَى اللَّهِ عَاقِبَةُ الْأُمُورِ Whoever submits his face to Allah, and he is a good doer, then he has grabbed hold to the firm handhold and to Allah is the end of the affairs. Whoever submits his face to Allah, that's the sincerity, the ikhlas. And he is a good doer, that's the mutaba'ah, following of the Prophet Every act of ibadah that we do, in order for Allah to accept this worship, it has to be done sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it has to be done correctly, following the way of the Prophet If it is not done sincerely, then the action is rejected. As we find in Al-Hadith Al-Qudsi, where the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that Allah Azza wa Jal, He stated, أَنَا أَغْنَى الشُّرُكَاءِ أَنَا مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا أَشْرَكَ مَعِي فِيهِ غَيْرِ تَرَكْتُهُ وَالشِّرْكَ The Prophet ﷺ, He mentioned that Allah Azza wa Jal, He stated, I'm the most independent of having partners associated with me. So whoever does an action in which he associate he associates other than me with me in that action, I abandon him in his act of shirk. So whenever we do acts of ibadah, it should be done for the sake of Allah alone, not to show off for to the people or for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather the ibadah is to be done for Allah. If it is not for Allah, Allah He abandons it, He leaves it, He doesn't accept it. And if the act is not done in accordance to the teachings of the Prophet Muhammad it is also rejected as the Prophet mentioned, مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا فَهُوَ رَدٍ that whoever does an action that does not have our affair over it, meaning it is not in accordance to Islam, it is rejected. The people are divided into four categories when it comes to these two pillars. Number one, those who perform the acts sincerely and correctly. That's the first category. Number two, those who perform the acts sincerely but incorrectly. Number three, those who perform the acts correctly but not sincerely. And number four, those who do acts that are void of both. There's no sincerity and the act is incorrect. Out of these four categories of people, the only category that Allah accepts from is the first category. Those who do the acts sincerely and khalisan sincerely and correctly. As for those who have sincerity but the act is done incorrectly, the action is rejected. As for those who do the act correctly but they don't possess sincerity, the act is rejected. And as for those who are void of both, then without a doubt, Allah does not accept from them. 
As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, إِنَّمَا يَتَقَبَّلَ اللَّهُ مِنَ الْمُتَّقِينَ Indeed, Allah, He only accepts from those who have taqwa. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions in Surah Al-Mulk, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبَلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا وَهُوَ الْعَزِيزُ الْغَفُورُ that he is the one who has created death and created life in order to test you to see which of you are best in deeds. And he is the Almighty, the All-Forgiving. Al-Fudayl ibn Iyad rahimahullah ta'ala, he, say, he stated, Akhlasahu wa aswabahu. Qila ya Aba Ali, ma akhlasahu wa aswabahu. أخلصه أخلصه وأصوابه قيل يا أبا علي ما أخلصه وأصوابه قال إن العمل إذا كان خالصا ولم يكن صوابا لم يقبل وإذا كان صوابا ولم يكن خالصا لم يقبل حتى يكون خالصا صوابا والخالص ما كان لله والصواب ما كان على السنة الفضيل ابن عياض رحمه الله تعالى he said regarding the statement of Allah in order to test you ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا that Allah he is the one who has created death in life to test you to see which of you are best indeed he said this means which of you are most sincere and most correct in deeds. So it was said, O father of Ali, what is the meaning of those who are most sincere and most correct in deeds? He said the action, when it is done sincerely, but it is not done correctly, it's not accepted. And when it is done correctly, but it is not done sincerely, it is not accepted. It is not accepted until the act is carried out in a manner that is sincere and in a manner that is correct. And what is intended by it being carried out in a manner that is sincere, it is that which is done for Allah. And what is intended by the act being carried out in a manner that is correct, it is that which is upon the sunnah. قال المؤلف رحمه الله تعالى المرتبة السادسة أن الصالحين يخافون من حبوط العمل لقوله تعالى أن تحبط أعمالكم وأنتم لا تشعرون وهذا من أقل الأشياء في زماننا The sixth That the righteous people, they are afraid of having their actions rendered null and void. They are afraid of this. The, the righteous people are afraid to do good and then afterwards the good is wiped out. And this is based upon the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal that your deeds be rendered null and void and you do not perceive. 
The author, he says, this is something that is rare in this day and time of ours. Here, the sixth level, as the author had mentioned in the beginning, Taking caution from doing that which will nullify your act of carrying out the command. Being cautious. Meaning, staying away from anything that will cause your deeds to be wiped out. So, we know what the commandment is. Number one. We love the commandment. We have the firm resolve to carry out the commandment. We carry out the commandment. We carry out the commandment based upon sincerity and we do it the way the Prophet ﷺ did it. Now after that, we must make sure that we take care and preserve and protect our actions of worship. Don't do anything that will cause your deeds to be rendered Null and void. As Allah He commands us with protecting our deeds. And this is Surah Muhammad, verse number 33. Qala Allah Azza wa Ya amanu. أَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَأَطِيعُوا الرَّسُولُ وَلَا تُبَطِلُوا أَعْمَالَكُمْ O you who believe, obey Allah and obey the Messenger and do not render your deeds null and void. Don't cause your deeds to be wiped out. Surah Muhammad verse 33. طيب You have from amongst the people that they will come on the day of judgment and they will have nothing of deeds or good remaining for them from that which they did in the life of this world. Their actions will be wiped out. And from that which wipes out all of your actions, major shirk. Major kufr, apostating from the religion of Islam. It'll wipe your slate clean of good. It'll be gone. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَلَقَدْ أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ وَإِلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ لَإِنْ أَشْرَقْتَ لَيَحْبَطَنَّ عَمُلُكَ وَلَتَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ And it has been revealed to you, O Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and to those before you. So here, this is a matter that Allah revealed to the prophets and messengers. If you associate partners with Allah, your actions will be rendered null and void. And then you will certainly be from amongst the losers. Allah revealed this to the prophets of Allah. Allah revealed this to the previous prophets and messengers. And these are the best of men. The best of creation. Those who stayed away from shirk more than anyone, but Allah still revealed this to them, how much more so for us. <coughs> we must be very careful not to render our deeds null and void. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالْإِيمَانِ فَقَدْ حَبِطَ عَمَلُهُ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ And whoever disbelieves in the faith, 
then his actions are rendered null and void and in the hereafter he will be from amongst the losers so we have to be very careful not to do something that will cause our deeds to be wiped out also from that which can cause your act to be rendered null and void showing off and seeking fame except that the lesser form of shirk nullifies the act itself but not all of your actions major shirk and major kufr nullifies everything but the lesser form of shirk and kufr nullifies the act itself but we must be careful because we want our good to be present on the day of judgment as Allah Azza wa Jal mentions فَأَمَّا مَنْ ثَقَلَتْ مَوَازِينُ فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةٍ رَضِيَةٍ وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَازِينُ فَأُمُّهُ هَاوِيَةٍ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا هِيَ نَارٌ حَامِيَةٍ And as for the one whose scale is heavy with good deeds on the day of judgment, then he is going to be living in a pleasant life in the paradise. But as for the one whose scales are light with good, then his mother or his abode will be the Hawiyah. And what will make you know what it is? It is a blazing punishment in the fire, or the blazing hellfire, or punishment in the blazing fire. So, your scale being heavy with good deeds is something that you should be concerned with, or something that we all should be concerned with. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam There was a Sahabi by the name of Thabit ibn Qais. And when Allah revealed the verse, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, la tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtin nabi, wa la tajaharu lahu bil qawlika jahri ba'dikum li ba'd, an tahbata a'amalukum wa antum la tashkurun. All you who believe, do not raise your voice above the voice of the Prophet. And do not speak to him in the manner that you speak to one another, lest your deeds be written null and void, and you do not perceive. That's Surah Al-Hujurat. So when this verse came down, Thabit ibn Qais, he became afraid. Because he used to be one that when he would speak to the Prophet, he would raise his voice. But not out of disrespect. Did you know how some people they speak loud? So he stayed in his home, he didn't come out. So the Prophet ﷺ, he didn't see Thabit. And this is from the mannerisms of the Prophet ﷺ, when someone would go missing, he would ask about this individual. When someone was sick, he would go and visit the person. Or he don't see a person, instead of Messenger of Allah, someone so is sick, the Prophet will go. Shows the importance of visiting our sick and, 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 and being concerned about the well-being of our brothers and sisters that we don't see them when we used to see them. We need to ask about their condition. You know, we have brothers who 
are from this community or known to us that are sick or in the vicinity or not too far, we need to visit these brothers. And don't overlook this affair, especially when we are close. In any event, the Prophet didn't see Thabit ibn Qais, so he asked, where is he? So one Sahabi said, he's my neighbor, I'm going to go find out what's going on with him. So when he went, he found Thabit bin Qais in the home, holding his head down. And he said, Ma what's wrong with you? He says, Sharm. He says, My fear is one of evil. He said, He's a person, he's talking about himself. He's a person who used to raise his voice over the voice of the Prophet ﷺ, so his deeds have been rendered null and void, and he is from the people of the hellfire. <clears throat> we the opposite of the Sahaba. We hear ayat from the Quran being recited, we hear the admonishment and the Jumu'ah khutbah, we start thinking about everybody else who is applicable to instead of ourselves. Sahaba were different. When verses came down, they looked at themselves first. It wasn't about who can they apply this to from the people. Rather, they applied it to themselves. So when he heard the voice, when he heard the verse, he thought of himself because he used to raise his voice over the voice of the Prophet. So he viewed himself as being ruined and done. So the Sahabi went back and told the Prophet ﷺ that which Thabit has stated. And the Prophet ﷺ said, اِذْهَبْ إِلَيْهِ فَقُلْ لَهُ إِنَّكَ لَسْتَ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ وَلَكِنْ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ He said, go back to him. And tell them that indeed you are not from the people of the hellfire, but rather you are from the people of the paradise. Because he wasn't doing this intentionally to be disrespectful to the Prophet ﷺ. But the shahid from this narration is the raising of one's voice over the voice of the Prophet ﷺ could cause your deeds to be rendered null and void. So the Sahaba were being taught by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the proper mannerisms to observe with the Prophet ﷺ to protect their deeds. That's very important in Islam, protecting your good deeds. We also have the narration of Thoban. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he stated, لَأَعْلَمَنَّ أَقْوَامًا مِنْ أُمَّةِ يَأْتُونَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَ بِحَسَنَاتٍ أَمْثَالِ جِبَالِ تِهَامًا بِيضًا فَيَجْعَلُهَ اللَّهُ هَبَاءً مَنْثُورًا قَالَ ثَوْبَانْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صِفْهُمْ لَنَا جَلِّهِمْ لَنَا أَنْ لَا نَكُونَ مِنْهُمْ وَنَحْنُ لَا نَعْلَمْ قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أما إنهم إخوانكم ومن جلدتكم ويأخذون من الليل كما تأخذون ولكنهم أقوام 
idha khalaw bi maharimillah intahakuha Allah musta'an Thoban radiyallahu anhu stated that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said indeed I know a people from my ummah my nation that they will come on the day of judgment with good deeds similar to the white mountains of Tihamah But Allah will make these deeds like scattered particles of dust. So Thobani said, O Messenger of Allah, describe them to us, clarify who they are. So that we do not be from them. Why we do not know. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, They are your brothers. And they are from you and they take from the night, that which you take from the night. However, when they go into, however they are people, who when they go into seclusion with the prohibitions of Allah, they violate them. They violate them. Here this narration mentions a people from the Ummah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam who have an abundance of good. However, Allah will make their deeds like scattered particles of dust. And some ulama they have explained that these individuals are the munafiqeen those who outwardly look like Muslims who outwardly do good but the reality is that they really don't believe in Allah and His Messenger so although they have done this abundance of good outwardly Allah on the day of judgment makes their deeds to be like scattered particles of dust. As Allah Azawajal mentions, وَقَدِمْنَا إِلَى مَا عَمِلُوا مِنْ عَمَلٍ فَجَعَلْنَاهُ هَبَاءً مَنْثُورًا And we have gone to the actions that they have done and we have made their deeds like scattered particles of dust. The scattered particles of dust, the example of this is like when the sun light comes through the window and you can see those particles they have no if you go like this there's nothing there that Allah will make your deeds like this from the day of judgment for those who fit these descriptions nifat the major hypocrisy outwardly displaying good but inwardly you really disbelieve you will have nothing on the day of judgment. Others from amongst the ulama 
They have said that this is not in relation to the hypocrites, but some Muslims who live a double life. They hourly display righteousness and they have good deeds. But when in seclusion, there are different people. They violate the prohibitions of Allah. So as a result of this, Allah wipes out their deeds. And this is a severe threat to the people, to us, to be careful not to do anything to render our deeds null and void. And it teaches us the importance of preserving our actions. And that our righteousness is something that should be outwardly, publicly, as well as when we are in the seclusion of our homes. We must maintain our righteousness and not live double lives. Being good Muslims and upright Muslims in front of the people, but we are criminals behind closed doors. And you have from amongst us, unfortunately, we have been afflicted with this type of behavior. In front of the people, we put on the best face. But when we are not in the presence of the people, we are from the worst of the people. The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned, وَثَلَاثٌ munjiat. And there are three things which bring about salvation. Khashyatullah fisir wal alaniya. Al qast fil faqr wal ghina. Wal adal fil ghadab wal rida. The Prophet ﷺ he mentioned. <coughs> Three things bring about salvation. The fear of Allah in secrecy or in privacy as well as in the open. That's the shahid, that's the point. Being afraid of Allah when you are by yourself or when you are in front of the people. This will cause one to have salvation in his life in this world as well as in the hereafter the second matter moderation in times of poverty as well as in times of richness moderation in times of poverty as well as in times of richness it's number two. Number three, being just with people in times of anger as well as in times of happiness or when you are pleased with them. You got it? Number one, the fear of Allah in privacy as well as in the open. Number two, moderation, meaning being balanced. In times of poverty and in times of richness. Number three, 
being just with the people in times of anger as well as in times of being happy and pleased. Allah Azawajal, He mentions وَالَّذِينَ يُتُونَ مَا آتَوْا وَقُلُوبُهُمْ وَجِلَةٌ أَنَّهُمْ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ رَاجِعُونَ And those who give that which they give while their hearts are trembling in fear that they have to return back to their Lord. Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, أَهُوَ الَّذِي يَزْنِي وَيَصْرِقُ وَيَشْرَبُ الْخَمْرِ Aisha asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is this verse speaking about those who commit zina, illegal sexual intercourse, and steal and consume intoxicants? And the verse is in Surah Al-Mu'minun, verse 60. And those who give that which they give while their hearts are in fear that they will return back to their Lord. So Aisha is saying, is this talking about bad people who are afraid to go back to Allah? People who commit zina, people who steal, people who consume intoxicants? The Prophet ﷺ, he said, لا يا بنت أبي بكر أو يا بنت الصديق ولكنه الرجل يصوم ويتصدق ويصلي وهو يخاف أن لا يتقبل منه he said, no, O daughter of Abi Bakr, or no, O daughter of a siddiq Rather, this verse is talking about the man that fasts, the one who gives sadaqah, charity, the one who prays, and at the same time, he is in fear that his acts will not be accepted from him. This is the way of the righteous. قال المؤلف رحمه الله تعالى المرتبة السابعة الثبات على الحق والخوف من سوء الخاتمة لقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم إِنَّ مِنْكُمْ مَنْ يَعْمَلْ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ وَيُخْتَمُ لَهُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ النَّارِ وَهَذِهِ أَيْضًا مِنْ أَعْظَمِ مَا يَخَافُ مِنْهُ الصَّالِحُونَ وَهِيَ قَلِيلٌ فِي زَمَانِنَا فَالتَّفَقُّرْ فِي حَالِ الَّذِي تَعْرِفُ مِنَ النَّاسِ فِي هَذَا أو وَغَيْرِهِ يُدُلُّكَ عَلَى شَيْءٍ كَثِيرٍ تَجْهَلُهُ وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ The author, he ends with the seventh stage. And it is being firm upon the truth and having fear of having an evil ending in life. Based upon the statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Indeed, from amongst you are those who do the actions of the people of paradise and then his affair ends upon the actions of the people of the hellfire. The author he says, 
This also is from the greatest of the affairs which the righteous are afraid of. And it also is from that which is rare in our time. So contemplating over the state of the one you know from the people who is in this or other than it, or in other than it, will direct you to an abundance of affairs that you are ignorant of, and Allah, He knows best. This is the last stage from the seven stages. Al-Thabat al-Haq Remaining firm upon the truth. It is important that we strive to remain firm upon practicing Islam. And this is an everyday this is an everyday struggle. Every day we should be fighting to maintain our Islam and to protect and maintain our relationship with Allah And take this affair very serious because out of all the things that people lose in life, one thing you do not want to lose is your religion. You don't want to lose your deen. You can lose your car, you can lose your home, you can lose your child, you can lose your spouse, but not your deen. Not your deen. You can lose your mother. And indeed, that's a great loss. You only get one. But you don't want to ever lose your deen. <coughs> because the relationship that we have with Allah is greater than the relationship that we have with our parents, our children, our spouses. Greater than the relationship that we have with our homes and our vehicles and our worldly possessions. You don't want to lose your religion. Because losing your religion is losing everything. Losing your religion is losing everything. You may lose your mother. Your mother may die before you, but you still have your deen. And your deen aids you to cope with the loss of your mother. But if you lose your relationship with Allah, your mother can't help you. Your husband, your wife, your child can't help you. Your friends can't help you. But Allah is the one who can bring ease to your heart with the loss of anything from the worldly affairs. The relationship with Allah is the greatest relationship that a human being has. So when it comes to the commandments of Allah, we should always strive to remain firm in carrying out the command.
We have the narration on Sufyan ibn Abdullah al-Thaqafi radiyallahu an. Qult ya Rasulullah, qul li fil Islam qawlan la as'alu ghayrak. Qala qul amantu billah thumma astaqim. Sufyan ibn Abdullah al-Thaqafi he said I said, O Messenger of Allah, tell me a statement in Islam that I can ask no one except for you. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, Say, I believe in Allah, and then be upright. I believe in Allah is the statement of your heart and the statement of your tongue. And then be upright upon practicing the religion in your heart and with your body parts. So the istikama is something that brings about the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon you. In this life, being established upon the deen, it's a favor from Allah that will cause more favor to come upon you. Likewise in the hereafter, Allah He mentions in Surah Al-Fusilat, verse number 30, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهُ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةَ أَلَّا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ الَّتِي كُنْتُمْ تُوَعَدُونَ نَحْنُ أَوْلِيَاءُكُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَدَّعُونَ Nuzulan min ghafurun rahim. Verse 31, verse 30, 31 and 32. From what surah? Fussilat. Allah, He states, Indeed, those who say our Lord is Allah, and then they are upright, not just lip service, but they are practicing and they remain upon that. Indeed, those who say our Lord is Allah, and then they are upright, established upon the religion. The angels come down upon them at the time of death. And they say, don't be afraid. And don't be sad. But have glad tidings of the paradise which you were promised. We are your protectors in the life of this world as well as in the hereafter. And for you in the paradise is that which your souls desire. And for you in the paradise is that which you call for. A position in the state that is given to you from the offer given in the most merciful. Al-Istiqama being established upon the religion and dying upon the religion at the time of death the angels will come to you. And they will say, don't be afraid and don't, don't be sad. 
Meaning don't be afraid of what's in front of you. Because you're going to the mercy of Allah and the reward of Allah. So don't be afraid. Why? Because you did good. You remain firm upon the religion. And don't be sad about what you're leaving behind of your wives and children and your friends and family and the likes. Don't be sad. Allah is going to take care of you. But have glad tidings of the paradise is waiting for you. This is what you was promised. And that's from what istiqamah. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentioned, وَعْبُدْ رَبَّكَ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ And worship your Lord until the certainty comes to you. And what is meant and intended by certainty is death. Not knowledge, not iman. And this is the statement of the people of deviation that once you reach a certain level of faith or knowledge, you don't have to worship Allah anymore. Because Allah says, Worship your Lord until certainty comes. They say, Once you reach that certain level of knowledge or faith, you don't have to worship anymore. This is the statement of the extremists. From the Sufiya. And what they mean by this, or that level of certainty, is that you are one with Allah. That's why you don't have to worship anymore, because you have come to the real the real realization that you are Allah and Allah is you. So now you don't have to worship anymore. That's a statement of blasphemy. So here we have the best prophet and messenger. He worshipped Allah to his death. So he didn't get it. Out of all people, Prophet Muhammad the best teacher, he didn't get it. He still was praying even in his last days. Statement of major kufr. Allah mentions يُثَبِّتُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالْقَوْلِ الثَّابِتِ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ That Allah will make those who believe firm with the firm statement in the life of this world as well as in the hereafter. When you live your life upon Islam, upon worshipping Allah, Allah will keep your feet firm in this dunya as well as in the hereafter. So when you are in the grave... And the angels they come to you and they ask you, Man Rabbuk, Madinuk, Man Nabiyuk, who is your Lord? What is your religion? And who is your Prophet? You will answer correctly, Rabbi Allah, Dini al Islam, wa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That my Lord is Allah, my religion is Islam, and my Prophet is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned, And the actions are based upon how they end. So we want to strive 
to do good all the time. And this is the meaning of the statement of Allah Azza wa Jalla. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا تَقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ O you who believe, fear Allah with the right that He should be feared with and do not die unless you are Muslims. The question is, no one knows when he or she is going to die. So how do we implement this verse? Do not die unless you are Muslims. The ulama explain that the implementation of the verse is that you live every day of your life as a Muslim upon Islam. So when the death angel does come to you to take your soul, you are in a state of submission to Allah, in a state of being obedient to Allah. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, إِنَّمَا الْعَبْدِ يُبْعَثُوا عَلَىٰ مَا مَاتَ Indeed, the servant will be resurrected upon that which he died upon. So we see the importance of dying upon goodness. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, مَنْ كَانَ آخِرُ كَلَامِهِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَى اللَّهِ دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ That whoever's last statement is لَا إِلَهَ إِلَى اللَّهِ He will enter into paradise. And we see the importance of the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya muqallib al-kuloob thabbit qalbi ala deenik O turner of the heart, establish my heart upon your religion. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he said وَأَعُوذَ بِكَ أَنْ يَتَخَبَّطَنِي الشَّيْطَانِ عِنْدَ الْمَوْتِ O Allah, I seek refuge with you from the shaitan causing me to deviate and go astray at the time of death. This teaches us that the shaitan, he doesn't leave us alone even when we are upon our deathbeds. So it was a must that we seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from shaitan. And we ask Allah Azza wa to keep our feet firm, even at the time of death, so that we die upon La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But if we play around with this deen, in and out of obedience. Who is to say that the angel of death won't come to us while we're in that state of being disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We have to be very careful and don't play around with our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the righteous people, they are afraid of having an evil ending. So their fear of meeting Allah in a state of evil is one of the driving forces behind them staying upon the straight path. And the author, he ended with giving us advice 
that we should contemplate over the state of the people that we know who are in this situation. And other than it. This will direct us to many things. Looking at the state of the people, we should take lessons from what the people they go through. How many stories there are in the Quran mentioning to us the evil ending of those who are in disobedience to Allah and the Messenger that was sent to them? How many stories have we come across in the authentic narration of individuals who they had an evil ending? How many stories that we know personally of people who had evil endings and died upon evil suddenly? No chance of making Tawbah. We don't want this to be our state. So we must strive to rectify that which is inward and that which is out. And the means of doing this, first and foremost, making dua to Allah. As the Prophet used to say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika an adilla aw udalla aw azilla aw uzalla aw adlima aw udlama aw ajhala aw yujhala alayya Oh Allah, I seek refuge with you from going astray or being led astray. From slipping or being caused to slip. From oppressing anyone and from being oppressed. Or from behaving ignorantly or someone behaving with me in an ignorant manner. Dua is very important, brothers and sisters. There should not be a day that passes except that we make dua to Allah. Asking Him for guidance, asking Him for direction, asking Him for stability. And with this we end, and we completed the treaties. I ask Allah Azza wa Jal to accept that which has been presented and make it a source of benefit for all of us in this life as well as in the hereafter. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless the brothers and sisters here in this community. We are grateful to you all for hosting us, myself and my beloved brother and companion Abab Salam. We are grateful for the invite and we are happy to be here with you all sharing with you the speech of Allah and the speech of the Prophet Sallallahu and matters connected to this deed. Again, these gatherings are very important and hopefully this is not the last time that we visit the community and hopefully Allah Azza wa gives us many opportunities to come back and to sit 
and be a source of benefit for the community. And also we have benefited from being here with you all. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah Azza wa Jal alone. And whatever is incorrect, it is from myself. Subhanaka Allahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Jazakumullah khaira.